This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and... What's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and we're brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can catch all of our shows over at MLWRadio.com. You can catch us also on Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Podcast, Deezer, and anywhere else fine podcasts are made available. Once again, we do thank you for listening to this podcast. If you know somebody who would enjoy the show, definitely go ahead and tag them on the social media posts and let them know about our show they like wrestling maybe they don't like wrestling maybe they just like to listen to friends banter back and forth whatever it may be definitely let them know once again we are free anywhere fine podcasts are made available with that being said let me go ahead and let me bring in my brother from another mother he is the man from canada we affectionately refer to him as the ass man but to everyone else he's known as christopher bud butster what's going on brother it's been a rough week michael i'm not gonna lie had a minor mishap, hot water tank gave out. So I had an indoor swimming pool yesterday that I didn't plan on. About two inches of water in my basement. I had to get a had to give myself a, a hobo bath today. I had a, a pot of water I warmed up on the stove. Yes. So let, let let that stim, let that sink in so you can think about that the rest of the night. You're welcome. I am. I appreciate that. And yeah, worked all day. I got a solid hour and a half sleep last night. Worked all day. In-laws were good enough to let me and my wife come over and and bathe ourselves today. That was nice of them. And they fed us, so it was good. Well, thank God Uh, for family. You know what I mean? That's right. And tomorrow morning I get up and I go pick up my new hot water tank. At 6 a.m. Wow. Well, so I can bring it home and work all day tomorrow and install it tomorrow night. So I can be a normal person Thursday or as normal as I get. I was going to say, so maybe you can get back to some level of normalcy uh, towards the end of the week. That is crazy. I'm sorry you're going through all this. Shit happens. Buildings burn. People die. Just the way it is. <laughs> well put, my friend. I don't think I could have said it uh, any better. But it's it's good to hear your voice again for another week of the brand and we are talking about all things pro wrestling on this episode we're going to be talking about aew and wembley stadium we're going to give you an update on that one there's a couple of wrestlers who have contracts that are going to be coming up uh within the next year we're going to talk about that find out where they may likely go or if they will stay in the company they're in right now we're also going to be talking about yeah still talking about it cm punk coming back warner discovery has been informed he is in fact coming back we'll give you all the details on that so many other things we're going to be talking about as well goldberg is going to be somebody we're going to discuss and uh from all of that and so much more i'm sure we're going to go off on a few tangents but let's go ahead and let's uh let me first ask you you know since the last time we talked butster is there anything that kind of resonates with you? Like, man, that's that's really been interesting since the last time we talked. Um, 
I've been a little bit busy, honestly. So I'm a little bit out of the loop, unfortunately. I've been following, you know, reading some articles or whatnot. Um, one article I read was from the Sportster, I believe. It was about Goldberg. And there were six saying that, uh, you know, Triple H didn't resign Goldberg, so on and so forth. I don't know if that's necessarily a huge surprise, but they were reporting that there's a strong possibility, apparently, that good old TK is going to be calling Billy Goldberg. I hope they're wrong. I do, too. I mean, Gold, don't get me wrong. Goldberg's a legend. He was he was the cat's meow back in the day. You know, everybody loved him. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's well-seasoned at this time. Very much. He's getting a little bit older, not taking nothing away. The guy still looks like a million bucks. It's just not what he was. Mother Nature wins. Father Time wins. How do you want? Okay, it's just the way it is. They always do. Yes, you cannot run away right? from that. So uh, they're reporting that up. I wish I had the article. I can probably find it while we're talking here tonight. Um, I hope they're wrong. Uh, not that I don't like Goldberg. I. Why? Uh, I just don't know why. That, that That's the gist of it. I mean, for a one-off cameo appearance, okay, but how do you make that work? I don't know. If he's going to do a one-off type of thing, Japan's the place, come in, smash some guys, put your paycheck, leave, come back, see you next year type of thing, I think that would be a better fit other than AEW. AEW doesn't need it. There's no point in bringing him in. You no. will not get. You will get a, a pop for an episode or two, really, and that's what you're going to have. And then after that, because he's not going to do full time, you Correct. wouldn't see him every Wednesday night or every Friday night or that. He, Goldberg's not doing that. He doesn't give a damn no more. Doesn't need to give a damn. Nope, not at all. He's been there. He's done that. He's made his money. He's a super, super like a super duper star. So he's not going to do that. He's a legend. So I, I don't see where AEW would benefit outside of you know, a pop for one or two episodes. Really be it or a pay-per-view pop. It's a short-term answer. He's going to want huge coin, one would assume. I mean, you're not bringing him in for 50K. That's not happening. You're going to have to pay him dear, and he deserves it. But I just don't see the benefit to it. That's the first thing pops into my head. Um, the CM Punk. Uh, I cop bits and pieces of it. I'm expecting you to fill me in. Much more on that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, Jesus, can we not move on from that? But that's that stuff's popping into my head right now, Mike. Uh, how about yourself? What do you what do you got to say? What's 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 grinding your gears, Michael? Uh, I guess what I would probably say is, you know, obviously, you know, we have a, a new world champion in Impact Wrestling, Steve Macklin. I think that's a, yes. a really big thing, and you know, Deanna Peraza is the new world champion, female in Impact Wrestling as well. 
Jordan Grace dropped the championship. There's rumor about where she's going to end up going right now, whether she's going to resign with the company or not. Where might Jordan Grace go? I'd like to know what people's thoughts are on that as well. It's up on social media. So I, I want to start off with, with Impact Wrestling, and it, it may kind of surprise you as far as what's on my mind, but they've really taken a step forward. I mean, Rebellion had, was, was a huge pay-per-view for them. They've continued to have sell-out capacity shows recently. They're having some really great matches that are happening right now. So I feel like when we talk about promotions that are kind of taking that step forward while some others are stalled or going backwards, I feel like Impact is really doing a great job. And I think there's a lot of testament to Scott Demore for what he's done for that promotion. I'm excited to see what Steve Macklin is going to do as the men's world champion because I think it's his time. You know, Steve has really busted his ass in Impact Wrestling since he's gotten there. And now, you know, unfortunately, due to Josh Alexander's unfortunate injury, sometimes someone's unfortunateness is someone else's gain. That happens in everything, whether it's somebody loses a job, somebody ends up finding a job, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets to come off the bench. We saw it with Becky Lynch, right, when the whole the man thing started, when she was all bloodied up. So it's one of those things where when opportunity knocks, I'm really interesting to see how far he can run with the title. And what's really going to happen with Jordan Grace? There was a moment in time, but when she was really looked at as one of the premier women on the independent circuit, and then she signed with Impact, and for all intents and purposes, we thought she would be there for a long time. It looks like she's starting her bodybuilding career as well. Many fans were worried about her because she had dropped so much weight, and she had gotten so muscular that they were worried about how she looked and she looked unhealthy. Some people had said, um, but where is she going to go? Uh, is it something where she's looking for greener pastures or maybe some other opportunity? Might that be an AEW? Might that be an NXT? Very interested to see what's going to happen with her, but impact wrestling, they're doing well, but they always seem to be that revolving door, meaning someone's always coming in. Someone's always leaving. Um, now with them leaving, Nick Aldis is actually back in Impact Wrestling, which is huge for Impact. Um, he left the NWA when his contract expired. A lot of people thought that he would be a really big hot commodity in the free agent market. And then he ends up going to Impact Wrestling, which I'm sure he could have written his own ticket to WWE if he wanted it. Um, I don't know what the interest was from AEW if there was interest in him. But once again, kudos to Impact Wrestling for once again replenishing the resources and trying to get uh, their product to the next level. So, all valid points. Um, Impact is a feeder system, and I don't say that as a slight. I, I don't mean it that way at all. But historically speaking, they have been a feeder system. You go there, you get discovered. You get your TV time, you know, you work on your craft, you get over, and you move on. They have had oodles and oodles of talent come through there. Great, great talent. Right now, they seem to have a great roster. Um, Scott Demore is underrated. I agree. I think he's a great mind. He was he used to run um uh, what's called Border City Wrestling in Windsor, Ontario. Here, uh, yes. Demore's Canadian. He, he's from Toronto area, 
And everywhere he's gone, he's done good things. Right? So, I mean, what he's done in Impact has been fantastic. Uh, Tommy Dreamer was part of Creative and Impact as well, I believe. Yeah. But Tommy's taking some time away. I don't know if you know that or not. Tommy's dealing with some mental health issues, I, I believe it is, from from his um, uh, Twitter post he put up. And, and God love Tommy Dreamer. He was one of the nicest gentlemen you will ever meet. I don't know if you ever met him or not. I've, I've met not him five or six times. He's a great, great man. Uh, the local promoter here in Kingston, uh, Jan Murphy, with Chinlock Wrestling, he's really tight with Tommy. Tommy's been here numerous times. He's he's a good, good dude. Like, you know, if you go up, like I had my picture taken with him, of course, I got my autographs and all. I completely fanboyed out, and that's not my <laughs> style by no stretch of the imagination. But everybody that went up, and there was a steady line for him. He talked to everybody. You didn't go up that oh, sign, picture, beat it. Hey, how are you? What's your name? You having a good time? Where are you from? Like, he legit cares. He, he's a good dude. So I'll be interested to see what comes of that without him on creative. Um, I don't think they're doing anything with House of Hardcore anymore. I think they're, uh, I won't say gone bottom up, but I think they're on a hiatus, I think, because he was, was with Impact so much. Uh, he was still doing the independent shows thing. So, no, Impact's doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, I'm curious where it's going to come with this. Uh, losing Josh Alexander is a big deal. That guy's fantastic. Yes. He's so good. Um, but um, Steve Macklin, there's nothing wrong with him. He's definitely no bum. No. He's very good. When he was with, uh, what are they called, the Forgotten Sons? Was that mm -hmm. what they were called? They yep. were good. Could have been used better. Really, there was some you know, backstage Twitter issues, I think, is what caused a fair bit of their demise, shall we say, unfortunately. I mean, they were all good, but Macklin seems to be the guy who got over the most out of the all most. of them, I, I think, anyhow. Uh, yes. I'm not a huge impact. A lot of the great interest of her husband. He's a agent out there. So I think he's free to go wherever he wants. So are they going to go somewhere as a package deal? Who knows? Possibly, I mean, she, no, she's made it very clear she wants to get into bodybuilding. I mean, she's she's a well put together woman, like, she is putting she is. in the time in the gym. The last she video or picture I seen of her, she looked thin though, like, she looked she looked like she was in the middle of cutting weight, her, her cheeks were sunk right in. That, that yep. was a little bit scary. I hope that was just a I don't know, a lighting thing or some damn thing. I hope she's not thin like that. But no, Impact's in the right step. Uh, Nick Aldis, he could have went wherever the hell he wanted. Let's not kid ourselves. Everybody was calling. Not what was getting thrown around. Because you don't know, his wife is, um, oh, what's her name? Mickey James. Mickey James, yes. And she's with Impact, is she not? Or actually, I think she's might be retired now. 
Um, Mickey is actually, I think she's doing another one last run with Impact Wrestling, but I believe she had to vacate the women's championship due to an unfortunate injury, which kind of left the title open. Therefore, um, obviously that kind of led to where we, we ended up getting to now. So it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to what, what happened here. But I mean, with them both at the same organization, I'm sure that's got something to do with him signing with Impact. But I mean, WWE would have called. I'm oh my gosh, they didn't. AEW was going to call. Triple A, Ring of Honor, well, I guess that'd be the same as AEW. New Japan, everybody's calling. Now, I, I doubt Tier Impact was the most money. Uh, I, I would agree. I strongly doubt that would have happened. They they just yeah. don't have the backing. No. So was it a control thing? Is it he can work? No more more indie shots, or is, is it purely you know I'm doing well? They're paying me a, a solid salary, and I get to work and travel with my wife. How much does that factor into it? You would assume it's got to factor a fair bit, right? Uh, but I, everybody I mean, called. They they would have been foolish not to. You got to kick tires yes. on Nicholas. I agree. I mean everything he did the NWA from. Um, his run with the with the twelve pounds of gold was was huge, and you got to, or the ten pounds, whatever it was. But you, you really got to give him a lot of credit for what he did, you know, by really helping put Billy Corgan's NWA back on the map, putting the NWA title in a much more prestigious light than it had been prior, because it was really a non-existent dead brand, and he brought that prestige back. So I, I think the stuff he was doing with Tim Storm was really good. The stuff that um, he was working on with Tyrus. There's a lot of different things that he was doing that I thought were really good. Bully Ray was involved at one point in time. So it's uh, it's interesting to see what's next for him. Um, Andrew Ravens is reporting from E-Wrestling News that on Sunday night at the Rebellion pay-per-view, Nick Aldis made his return to Impact Wrestling. Now Aldis cut a promo where he said he planned to win the Impact World Championship. Now he previously departed the National Wrestling Alliance earlier this year when his contract expired, which led him to having a very public back and forth with NWA president Billy Corgan on social media. In a post on Twitter, Aldis spoke about his return to Impact, and this is what he had to say. Thank you, Toronto, for the warm welcome. I'm excited to be back with Impact Wrestling. The energy in the dressing room is off the charts, and when I look at world-class rosters, I'm so excited about the possibilities that lie ahead. Let's go. So you, you can find that post on his Twitter page as well. And Impact Wrestling is definitely celebrating this. Let me ask you this, but you know, you had mentioned before that you know you're you're surprised maybe that he ended up going with Impact Wrestling as opposed to AEW or WWE. With Vince being back, essentially in charge now, I know they're denying it. They're saying Nick Khan is saying Triple H is still the head guy, and Vince is just kind of on the the peripheral, which I think we all call bullshit on. I think that is a, a something that would deter people from going. But then what might deter somebody from going to AEW is what the hell is going on? Is it chaos there? Like, is it, is there a level of disarray? I mean, we hear these things and from a fan's perspective, we really don't know what to think. But I mean, when somebody picks a company that might not pay them the most amount of money, it says a lot about happiness over the almighty dollar. And I think that's where a lot of people at this point, if they've already had, a first run, a second run, 
they're really maybe not looking for the big money grab. They're looking just to enjoy whatever time in the business they have left. Would you agree that those are probably or could be some factors as to why he went somewhere and not other places? Oh, guaranteed. Um, um, an opinion, a widespread opinion, is that Triple H isn't running the show in WWE at this point. And you can kind of see it in the product that Vince has got his hand in it. Unfortunately, so maybe all this is just that I'm not interested in dealing with that nonsense. The product is significantly better with Triple H. Mm-hmm. I'm not beating up on Vince, but that's just facts. Watch it, you'll probably agree. AEW, it's a hot mess. Like you, you got a lot of nonsense going on there, unfortunately. A lot of fighting and rowing backstage and guys you know, whining and bitching on Twitter. And it seems to be high schoolish, is, is AW, you know. So maybe it's like, no, I don't want to deal with that bullshit. I just want to go to work. I want to put in my time. I want to put off some solid matches. Want to entertain the fans, and then I want to go home. I don't want to do yeah. the the bullshit, the nonsense, and I can appreciate that. Cause me and myself, I'm not a person for bullshit and nonsense. I just want to go and go to work, go home. Thanks for the paycheck. I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. There's something to be said for that. You know, some people just don't do well with drama and nonsense. I would agree. Right? Maybe he is, and we also don't know what all this has made in his career. I would this think he's true. done half decent. I don't think he's a multi multi millionaire, but I think he's probably at this point he's probably comfortable. And his wife at this point is comfortable. They've done well. So you know if you're not if you don't need the cash, if you've done well, you know, you squirreled a little bit away, you've invested, you got whatever it would be, some rental properties or some businesses or something that's bringing some cash in for you. You'll take a little bit less to be content. Yes. Versus going for the almighty dollar and it's misery. Right? Misery might be a strong word, but it's you're less happy. That's probably a, a better choice of words there. Because you don't want to go to work. And right now, WWE's got to be an awkward place to work. It has to be. Oh, because you don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to be in charge? I mean, exactly. They when just the merger goes down, down. You, that, that everything's up in the air there. So unless they're offering you some real good money, and I'm sure they offered him decent money. I mean, you're not calling up all this back. Hey, we'll do 250k a year. Will you come see us? No, he's, he's not interested in that nonsense. He's probably doing better than that on his indie shows in a year. Really? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's doing well. One would assume. I mean, I don't know what his books are, but I assume he's doing decent, right? So, how much do you want to get into something with that? He's he's not old, but he's not a spring chicken either. Good point. Very true. Right? So, do you want at his age and and his point in his career to go into complete turmoil like we have in WWE? Maybe it's going to work out to be fantastic. 
we don't know. Everything's up in the air right now. A lot going on. A lot of moving parts. A lot of unknowns. So that's got to be an awkward situation. When are the cuts going to come? Yeah. What's happening here? Who really runs the show? Nobody knows. Well, nobody on the outside truly knows. But then you get AEW. Yeah, ownership is steady. It's consistent. You know who the booker is. That's all fantastic. But Jesus, man, nobody can get along there, it doesn't seem like. They're just nonstop arguing and rowing and pissing and moaning and like a bunch of goddamn children. Unfortunately, once again, I, I like AEW. You know that. But would you want to go into that work environment right now? Seriously, like I know you're an AEW guy. Yes, you think the sun shines out of Tony Khan's ass. Well, not necessarily. But, but would you want to go, look, sir, the call joking and nonsense aside, would you want to go into the locker room right now? I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't. I wouldn't want to go to WWE either. And I know it sounds like, you know, people listening are probably saying, you know, bullshit on that. You know, you would go in a heartbeat if you're given the chance. But the, the what you just said, man, everything you just said about Nick Aldis made so much sense. And it was probably one of the best things that, um, the segments we've had so far on this show because you perfectly outlined the exact situation of one John Moxley. Okay. You remember when John Moxley had said, man, they're going to willing to back up a Brinks truck to my house and give me, you're going to make me walk away from all this money. You're going to make me walk away from this. And, and John Moxley did. He walked away from a ton of money because he was unhappy. And because, you know, at the end of the day, we only have so many bumps on our bump card or the wrestlers do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I want to have fun. If you really enjoy the business of wrestling. So I don't want to be absolutely miserable. The schedule that, you know, that WWE has now, I know for a fact, there are a lot of people who have not chosen to go to WWE because of said schedule. It is so intense. And if you're looking at that, Mickey already knows all about that. I mean, she did it for years, so I'm sure. And he has seen it from being the spouse on the other side of it. So it's kind of like, is this really something that we want to get involved in? And then, like you said, AEW, people aren't getting along. Well, maybe I just take a little less money and I enjoy myself and have fun. And then whatever may happen down the road happens down the road. But I do think Nick Aldis made the right decision right now. Ultimately, I really, really do. For sure. He, at his point, in his career, if he was 25, just really coming into his own, just it's a different conversation. Sure. Oh, yeah, he's going to AEW, or he's going to WWE. Not, not at this point. He doesn't need to. Well, speaking of people who may be coming and going, once again, I, I mentioned, I teased at the top of the show, Jordan Grace. Let's talk about this. Ryan Clark writes in for E-Wrestling News. Jordan Grace lost to Deanna Peraza in the main event of Impact Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view uh, to take the vacant knockouts championship that was there now fightful select is reporting that grace was supposed to become a free agent in march now why ideally they would have wanted grace to go ahead and sign a brand new contract at that time it's unknown if she ever was approached with a new deal or if she even contemplated inking a new deal now she originally came to uh, impact on a two-year extension in 2021 that she had previously signed in 2019. She has been widely successful, not only in Impact Wrestling, but on the indies as well. Um, she's married to Jonathan Gresham. 
Obviously, he's a, a, a very successful wrestler as well, former Ring of Honor. Uh, we know that there were some fallout issues there that happened with Ring of Honor slash uh, AEW. Therefore, Gresham did not uh, get renewed his contract. But when it comes to Jordan Grace, and, and I think we've always said this before, Impact Wrestling was where women's wrestling really, the revolution started. They were having amazing matches. And then WWE said, well, we're going to do the uh, the women's revolution and all that kind of stuff. But Jordan Grace really has, has done a lot. And some people don't necessarily care for her personality. Some people love her personality. I think she can be a polarizing person. But she's interested in fitness. She's interested in bodybuilding. And I think she wants to be somewhere where she can kind of be able to do both. And I think the only place you're able to be doing that would be either an impact or if you sign a contract with AEW, which allows you to have a little bit more freedom in your uh, in your spare time or maybe not working a full-time schedule. But either way, Jordan Grace looks like she's going to be a free agent and we'll see where she pops up. Um, I know Tony Khan... Kenny Omega has been working a lot with the women. And then recently Madison rain, who's been hired by AEW has been working with the women's division backstage as well. Taya Valkyrie just recently signed with AEW. So I'm really curious to see if anybody is going to follow in those footsteps of Taya and, and try to come over and continue to build up that women's roster because they got great women in AEW. They just need to get that women's division rocking and rolling. And if they do, I think that could be one of the biggest feathers in AEW's cap. But where Jordan Grace lands, I don't think any of us truly know. Where do you think she's going? What's her opinion? Wow. Um, I personally think if she's going to do anything, I think she's going she's gonna to follow what Sasha Banks did. I think she's going to go do a tour of the Orient. And I think she's really going to make her stock rise incredibly high. And, I mean we've already seen what Mercedes has done in uh, new Japan pro wrestling and with uh, stardom and all of these different promotions over there in the women's divisions. She recently just signed on to have a couple of extra more matches. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of speculation that she would be a part of uh, the, the all in pay-per-view and very interesting because she said she wanted to know who the best woman wrestler in the UK is in a recent tweet uh, on Twitter. And a lot of people were putting gifts of Jamie Hader up there. So Jamie Hader versus um, Mercedes Monet. Could that be something that would be a huge draw for that pay-per-view? I think that would be a huge draw and that really could be an excellent match. Um, but no, I think she's going to do something like that. I think she's going to do something with new Japan. She did great in new Japan. She would and strong style. Well, I mean, she could lay them in. She could definitely lay them in. Um, let's kind of keep going with Impact Wrestling here because uh, just a lot of interesting notes here. Um, Ryan Clark's also writing in. Sammy Callahan uh, turns babyface and he's officially returned to Impact Wrestling. The Death Machine is officially back, writes Ryan Clark during Sunday night's Impact Wrestling Rebellion pay per view. Sammy Callahan turned his back on the design. Callahan was teaming with Diener, Angels, Big Con in a handicap match against Dirty Dango, Joe Henry, and Satina Morella. So he's officially back. He's now officially a babyface. 
I don't know what your thoughts were with Sammy Callahan. If you remember, AEW teased a Sammy Callahan Kenny Omega feud when the pandemic was happening and when they were doing things from Jacksonville. And everybody was like, holy crap, that could be really interesting. And then I believe Sammy got injured, and Sammy's kind of been in and out the last couple of years since the pandemic. And now it looks like he's healthy and he's he's back in charge. And what do you think about the style of Sammy Callahan? He is a lot more violent. Um, he's very, if I were to describe him, very CZW type, if that makes sense. Um, IWA Mid-South type of thing. A Josh Barnett blood well, sport type of thing. Bad. You know, I don't know, man. Like he's definitely IWA Mid South. Oh, he's very Come yes. Come on, Mike. I'm telling you right now. I mean, he's a Joey Janela type of guy. I mean, he's a type of guy who wants to go out there and, and put on a good show for the audience. But he is not opposed to getting hurt, cut this, that. Um, I mean, he's a different type of breed. I mean. Oh, I agree. He, I mean, he, he's a special, special dude. He, he's out there. Uh, IWA, no, not IWA Mid South. No, you're like, what the hell are you talking about, Freeland? No, I don't think he's married to his cousin. <laughs> Sorry, man. I oh my god, that's as bad that. as that foolish video that you sent me five times, just to mess with my life. Jackass stabbing himself in the pecker with a syringe. Something wrong there. You're talking about um, the B&E Olympics, if anybody's ever seen that. The B&E, I think it's called the B&E Pain Olympics, and I yeah, sent that to Bud. He definitely let me know his his feelings yeah. on uh, me sending him stuff like that. So I'll put up with a lot, but you're, you're towing the line on that one, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I like Calhan. Uh, him as a face, I don't know. He needs to be a heel. He's like, a monster, yes. He he's he's violent. Like no doubt. Like who was it he hit in the head with a sledgehammer one time or or uh um Eddie Edwards was it? I think, I think oh yes it was Eddie Edwards. I mean and he legitimately it was a legitimate um shot to the head. Yeah, like, I mean it, no it was it wasn't on purpose. Like I don't think he meant to crank him. No, but he, him. he caught him flush. But he did crank him with his sledgehammer. He is a violent man. Him as a face, it's hard to get behind a face. Or, or it'd be hard to get behind him as a face because you can't be psycho and a face at the same time. I'd agree. It just doesn't work. No. Generally, when guys are like him, you're talking like your madman pondos. Yeah. Guys like that's like, oh, you're out there, bud. But he, you can't be a face. He has to be a heel. Just the way it I is. Agree. Yeah. So I I think him as a as a face might be a little bit of a mistake. Maybe it'll get over. Maybe he's gonna tone it down to where he's not quite as violent. Because a lot of wear and tear on that body. Oh, so maybe he God, needs to tone it down. He'll go the face route and just wrestle for a bit or, you know, tone it down to where it's not complete full on CZW tournament to death matches. Anarchy. Maybe. But can he wrestle? But, um, I think he, I, I, I mean I, that seriously. I don't know if he can. 
I mean, I think I would not say from what I've seen of Sammy Callahan that he is a mat technician. I wouldn't say that he is a guy who you're going to look at and go, my God, I, you know, he, he just put on a, a five-star match. Not to use Melter terms, but he is more of a – he's an attraction. You know that when you see him, he's going to do something outlandish. But that's why you buy a ticket to see Sammy Callahan, right? You, you, you come there to see the train wreck that's about to happen. You come there to see the McFoley-esque type of thing. Um, you go there to see the Darby Allen esque of it. It's just that that's what he does. And I think he accentuates the positive and he minimizes the negative. I mean, he's not going to be uh, a Brian Danielson, but he definitely is going to be somebody who can get in there and brawl with you. But I don't really know as far as longevity, like you said before, how long one can do that before their body starts to just say, look, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this on a regular basis. So maybe he would be considering toning it down a little bit just to say, hey, you know what? The first 20 years of this career has been a little insane. Maybe we need to try a change of course. Yeah, and for her, if, if I were to want to see Sammy Callahan feud with somebody in AEW, it's not Kenny Omega. No, absolutely not. It would be more of a John Moxley. Mox. That yes. But at the same time, good lord, how like one of them will die. Somebody will, yes. I think they will kill each other. That would be ridiculous. So that's your hook on that. Like you can't in today's day and age, if you want to be a mainstream wrestling organization, you can't do the deathmatch CZW, IWA, Mid-South, GCW. That stuff just doesn't fly. Correct. It does. It's got its niche, and its fans are rabid. They love it. And there is some entertainment value to it. That's not going to be on TBS tomorrow night or Absolutely TNT not. or whatever you guys watch it on. Mm-hmm. TSN4 for me. It's yes. not. I agree. Because the censors will lose their mind. No advertiser would touch that with a 10-foot pole. Not a chance. You couldn't put that on at 2 a.m. and advertisers would get into it. It's too much. Especially with the, the way the world is right now, with the environment we're into now. ECW couldn't fly today. Absolutely not. No chance. I mean, if you go on WWE Network or Peacock or whatever it may be, and you go to the ECW section and you watch some of the stuff that that happened, and I don't know if WWE actually went through and edited some stuff that is politically incorrect. I'm sure they did to some degree. It was nuts. I mean, I was like, whoa, that's not anywhere, shape, or form something that you could even put on TV. And, And that's the big problem with these promotions, though. Like, if you have a... Uh, a CZW or an IWA Mid-South or a GCW. Yeah, yeah they're going to have their fans, right? But the problem is, is are you able to be appealing to a broader audience? Are you able to be something that a company would get behind as far as sponsorship to be associated with their product? And when you say GCW, I mean, unless you're talking like like a death metal band or you know, some type of hard liquor or something that's on par with that kind of craziness, you're not going to find 
you know, mainstream sponsors that are going to want to put money into a company when this is what you're doing. It, it's, it's all, it's all about business as well. It's all about the, the dollars and cents. Like you, you can be one of those deathmatch organizations. You can do it and you can make a go. You can make money, but you're never going to get, like, what are you paying? Do you think at the tournament to death? Because that's the CZW, that's their, their, their big event. Okay. Correct. What are you paying for a seat at that, you think? 20 bucks. Like, so how much are they really making? They're making a dollar, but they're not. I would imagine a lot of those guys probably have full-time jobs. I, I would 100% agree with you on that. Right. 100%. So, I mean, Josh Alexander had a full-time job, and he was still working for Impact at one point. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of these guys who do full-time jobs when they're not wrestling. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. Right. So, I mean, those guys, and you got to think what they put themselves through for what? Five grand? Ten grand? Twenty grand? Bud, I ain't put myself through that for twenty grand. No way. Uh, $20,000 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. That is a lot of cash. But how long are you laid up after a tournament like that before you're back to functional yeah or what your medical like, bills you know the tournament is saturday sunday you're not good to go on monday no you're beat up you're sore you got stitches you got aches and pains you probably or some good chance you got something broken right yeah you're not squirrely yep so you got you got to think. So you're realistically you're probably off two weeks of work. Yeah, at least. I would think for minimum. Yep. Yeah, maybe you got vacation pay stacked up or whatnot. But for you guys in the states, what's your health bill cost? What's your oh my your, god out the ass? Call it Medicare or whatever you call it. It's it, so, it's it's astronomical. Like, like those guys are at a at a minimum are getting stitches. Yeah. That's your minimum. Correct. Right. Like I, I don't know how it works for, for healthcare down there. Like does it cost so much money just to go to the doctor? And then if you gotta get stitches, you have to pay more on top. Is that how it works? I don't know, forgive my ignorance. I no. it's different compared for us. So. so if you go let's say you, you're you're messed up and you have to go to the emergency room, right? So you go to the emergency room and obviously you're gonna have to pay a bill for that. But then what happens is it gets line itemized out. So you have the bill from the doctor, which is the person who's treating you. Then all of the stuff that you had to get done to you. And then obviously if you have to get medication as well. So ER visits can be extremely expensive. Um, here in the United States, if you don't have health insurance, you're SOL. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. In fact, it used to be a couple of years ago, if you didn't carry health care coverage, you would have to, when you file your income taxes, you would have to pay a huge penalty for not carrying coverage. And it was like, it was just killing people financially because they had to somehow get some type of package that their company offered. And companies here in the States don't always offer, and I know people are listening are probably going, yeah, you're right, the best health care packages. And you're paying out the nose for them. So healthcare coverage here in the States can be very, very expensive. Emergency room trips are very expensive. Nothing is cheap. And I mean, I think you know that as well. I mean, you guys pay for your healthcare coverage through your, your taxes as well. And it's like, wow, 
it's well, I'm uh paying, it's, I'm paying thirty percent taxes, Mike, on my paycheck. That's incredible. Thirty percent of your paycheck just gone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, do you guys do income taxes or do you file your taxes and all that kind of stuff? Linda does. Okay. Yeah, I just well, hand her my P4. <laughs> that's what I do. I hand all my stuff to Megan. Yep. Um, going from uh, the topic of, of things being uh, a little too crazy, uh, Nick Khan of WWE basically said that they want to kind of turn up the intensity in WWE. Now, many of you guys know WWE has been blood-free for a very long time. Now, there obviously is going to be these one-offs where somebody gets hard weight or whatnot, but it's typically been the belief system in WWE that they were staying away from blood. Well, Nick Khan, based recently in an interview with Shed Light Live, um, discussed an incident uh, involving Finn Balor's head being cut open at Hell in a Cell against Edge at WrestleMania 39. And the big question was, would WWE be more open to allowing more violence and blood to happen? So this is what Khan had to say in a comment, specifically talking from the hours of 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard on Raw. He says it's a three-hour program, 8 to 11 every Monday night, specifically talking to NBCU among ourselves as well. You know what? We may change things moving forward. We love how the product is now, but if you ask Triple H and others in charge, it obviously can be tweaked. A little more of this might not be bad from 10 to 11. It's basic cable, and it's not broadcast. We think NBCU would support us if we got a little edgier, but nowhere near the final conclusion uh, of what happened, obviously, at the pay-per-view. Now, Khan has also went on record in other interviews basically saying, you know, we might do a little bit more of the Attitude Era. We might be getting a little edgier and a little riskier in that final hour, in that third hour of Monday Night Raw. Holy cow, that's uh, that's interesting. That's a staunch contrast to what WWE's mantra has been for a long time. And I'm just wondering, like, when this deal finally goes through, are they going to want that same type of style? Um, under the new company merger between UFC and WWE or like, I just don't know why all of a sudden they're deciding to maybe turn the page and go back to it. Can you think of any logical reasoning of them wanting to go back to the, not the full fledged attitude era. I mean, the sexualized and all the innuendos and, and the, the verbal language, but just more of the blood and the more extreme violence. What What's your take on, WWE being at least open to that concept. Uh, two things. One, it worked. Attitude there was greater. Might not have been the greatest wrestling, but the stories were great. You were entertained. You watched it. And but you got to think of who's the new owner. UFC or UFC's yeah. part of it. Well, UFC is fisticuffs in a cage. There's blood. Right? So, But, I mean, it's it's legit. It's fighting. Ultimate yeah. fighting championship. Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, sambo, karate, kung fu, muay thai, boxing. Mix it all together. So, it would make sense. They, they, they go hand in hand. If they went with a little edgier product, like you said, you're never going to see back to the Attitude Era to where it was the the sexualized, the uh, no, uh, Katie Vick, um, 
We, I don't you know care when how... they spun the wheel, the HLA hot lesbian action. Oh my god, Tom Penny man, those days are done. Like, They're done for yes. the love of God. Could you fathom the outrage? Somebody would lose their ever loving mind, absolutely. If Monday night they came out, we're having a Brom panties match with uh Natty because I want to see that versus <laughs> I don't care, it doesn't make any difference. Natty, Nia Jax. but no, nah, we gotta be at that. <laughs> But you know what I mean? But yes, no, seriously, like all nonsense aside, could you imagine? Oh, people would be up in arms. I mean, the parents' television the cancel culture, the the Karen culture, yes, the, every other everything else. No, I thing, but I, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like yes. that'll never happen. We'll we'll never see that day. That's done. It it happened. It ran its course. We were entertained. Today's society wouldn't, that just wouldn't jive. Not saying it's right. Not saying it's wrong. Just the reality of it. That's yeah. where we're in right now. You got to so take you're it never for what see it is. That. Now, if they went with a little more hard hitting, yeah, blood. You no, know, uh, I don't know if you're going to see like the hard core style on WWE anymore. Like they're not bringing back the hardcore title to where it's no. trash cans and chair shots and candlesticks and you're never gonna see that, but maybe a little more you know bigger bumps or whatnot, your your scattered TLC or something. I could see that. But you're never gonna see it go back to the full on attitude era to where guys were getting busted open, blading all the time. Because it's just there's so much negative stigma to that. Look, he's bleeding. You know, look how violent, grotesque it is. This is over the top. It's condoning beating the blood out of one another. And then you also have your health aspect. Heaven forbid we don't need another Abdullah the Butcher. Um, Hannibal going on to where somebody gets something. We don't need no hep C going on up in here. No, but it's true though, Mike. Like, And I'm sure that's probably, I would imagine that's a bigger reason they got rid of the bleeding versus the actual image of the bleeding. Yes. I would think so. Because, I mean, generally speaking, if a guy or girl blades, it's a little cut, it might take a stitch or two. Right. Yeah, it looks like they're bleeding to death because they know where to cut. They know what they're doing. Right. Now, it's, you're never going to see people with a forehead like Dusty or New Jack or Devon. Devon. Yeah. You could I mean, you could take literally a deck of cards and put them in the grooves of their. I of believe their, that. But you're never going to see that again. Those days. Yeah, are but that's a good gone. thing, though. I agree. One hundred percent. That's a good thing. But it's it would make sense if you're watching a match and two talent, male or female, are going at it. They are beating the tar out of each other. I'm talking with closed fist. It looks no. We all know. Yes, wrestling is. I won't say the f word, but you get where I'm going. You're not literally clenching your fists and clobbering one another. 
Correct. But the image you're trying to portray is you are beating the tar out of each other. Yes. And then you get a scattered chair shot in there if you're doing like a no holds barred, no surrender, no DQ match. Would it not make sense? To see it, w- it would because it would it would not be it would not be gratuitous. It wouldn't be like you're doing it for a spectacle. No. It would make sense because it's it it's in line with the type of match. It's in line with what could happen in a match like that. Yes. Unlike, unfortunately, and I'm a big John Moxley fan. I think he does it too much. Like, I feel like what? No, just the way he bleeds. Like he bleeds all the time. Like, and and, and it's a big joke. And there's memes going around. But like, I do feel like the bleeding should be something that's done to accentuate or to really heighten a situation, not just all the time. And I, I mean, I don't know if that's just the mantra of the Blackpool Combat Club. But you don't really see Claudio bleeding or Wheeler bleeding or Brian Danielson bleeding the way you see John Moxley bleeding. And it's just kind of like, okay, I get it. That's kind of Mox's thing. But that's really kind of become his stigma now is that Mox bleeds, right? I mean, he he does a you know, an arm drag, he bleeds. You know what I mean? He does a drop toe hold, he bleeds. It's just like holy crap, he enters the ring, he's bleeding. Um, I'm waiting for him when his music hits to already come out bleeding. Let's say exactly. Um, it it, is not as, um, uh, it's not as important. It is not important to write work. I don't know. It's kind of, you get what I'm saying? I, it it has taken away the mystique of it. Yeah. You gotta have the payoff. If it's, if you're bleeding every match, it's not like, oh shit, he got busted open. Like, at this point now, and I, we've said this before, maybe on the show, I don't know, but I know you and I have said this before. If he were to have a match and not bleed, I would probably go, holy shit, Mox isn't bleeding. Oh, that would be that that would be the thing you would remember at the end of the match. How did he get through that match without bleeding? Yes. Right. And I get yeah, he's a rough and tumble cat. He's you know, very physical, strong style, laying it in and whatnot, taking big bumps, but you can't have that every match because it just it becomes irrelevant. The blood has got to be the big payoff. It's got to be something to it. If it's all the time, it just loses its its value. Well, that was the same thing with Ric Flair. Flair was always, yeah. you know, I mean, Flair could fart and he'd bleed. Yep. And it was just like, you know what I mean? And you, the drop of a hat, Ric Flair's crying. And it was just like, holy shit, Rick. It like, just really? gets... To no, if he if he did it twenty five percent of the time, then like yeah. But if I if I'm putting on whatever, oh Ric Flair matches on look on the WWE network, I put it on. I know within five minutes he's bleeding. Yes, and when he and he's got that platinum blonde hair, especially back in the NWA days, you know that is gonna be soaked, which is a great visual. Sure, I agree. Bleeding to death, but it's it's all the time. So then you just it just doesn't matter. Dustin Rhodes, he did a I don't know if it was an article or whatnot about bleeding, because mm-hmm. he's he's not opposed to bleeding either, and he's had some pretty bloody matches. Like we're talking straight up blood baths. Yes, but he said 
and I'm paraphrasing, to, I don't remember it now off the top of my head, unfortunately, that you, you need to make it to where people believe into it. People are invested in it. It's got to be that wow factor. Yes. It can't be all the time because nobody cares. No, they won't. Right. And unfortunately, I think that's what Mox is either at or he's damn close to. And I agree. And that's and unfortunate because Mox is amazing. I love Mox. You love Mox. Yes. You just got to tone it down. Well, speaking of toning things down, it doesn't look like it's getting toned down backstage as it relates to CM Punk and AEW. Um, this is coming from MSN. There's some updates as far as what's happening with CM Punk backstage with AEW. On Sunday night's edition of Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian provided an update of what's been going on, noting that Warner Brothers Discovery has been informed by Tony Khan that CM Punk is returning back to the company. This is what Zarian had to say on the show. I know for a fact that Warner has been told he's coming back. Now, they're very much aware of the entire situation revolving around Punk. He had recently said he's willing to return to AEW and he wants to make things work, meaning Punk. So the issue is who is actually willing to work with him. Now, Zarian was told that the elite members, as of this time, were not interested and have no intentions of ever working with him. Uh, Kenny Omega said he would be potentially uh, interested, but the Bucks say they want nothing to do with him. Now, as far as dialogue between both parties that were in the brawl, uh, there was no sit down to try to resolve anything. Um, reporting on uh, Saturday as well, Zarian said that what they're going to try to do is they're going to tr try to create a third show called Collision, where they are going to focus CM Punk being the leader of that show. They're also going to do what they call a soft brand split. The roster that would like to work with CM Punk, where those who are not opposed would be go ahead and we'd put on that brand for on a Saturday night show, and people who choose not to work with CM Punk can definitely stay on Dynamite and Rampage. Now, the plans are tentative for this new show. It would be on Saturdays. Uh, it normally would probably be around uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, it might be two-hour show. It might be an hour show. But uh, there was a meeting that was going down. It was a planned meeting between Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and FTR. There was also some other names that were to be a part of this meeting that have not been released. I've heard from multiple people that it was alleged to me that there's probably going to be some type of punk Jericho match when he comes back. I don't know if FTR is going to be involved in it or if the Jericho Appreciation Society wants to be involved in it, but that is pretty safe to say that Jericho is going to be the first person that's willing to work with him. Now, got to keep this in mind. Jericho has presented himself as the new locker room leader along with John Moxley, along with Brian Danielson, along with Claudio. And Jericho actually came out at one point and said that he thought that he was toxic, meaning CM Punk, and that he was a cancer to the company in the locker room. But it looks like things may have changed a little bit. Um, I, I want to talk to you about this. There's a lot of other podcasters out there. JD from New York. I'm not sure if you've ever heard his stuff on YouTube or seen his posts. He's a big believer that at the end of the day, that the elite NCM Punk and FTR have to make something work. They have to go and, and make this for what's best for business, not to steal a phrase from, from WWE, but everybody knows what happened in the backstage brawl, or at least what we were led to know or allowed to know 
this needs to play out on screen. And he's, his point of view is if you don't, then you're missing out on a great opportunity to make a lot of money for the company to really go ahead and have a big feud that could be on par with what the bloodline was. Okay, that's a lot right there. Do you think, in your humble opinion, that this is the right thing to do? I, I'm, I'm very against AEW having a third show. First of all, Rampage does not do very well, rating-wise, right? Maybe We're we should put it on in Canada and help better. Uh, it, they should, but I just don't think AEW having a third show is going to do a whole lot for them. And then, basically, and this has been my kind of view from all of this, you're catering to one guy. You're catering to one guy because Tony Khan has this you know, feeling that punk is the guy to go with and that he's going to be in some way, shape or form uh, a ratings juggernaut or a, you know, a savior for the company to get them over the eight, 900,000 mark. I don't think any of this is a good idea. We've talked about before about sacrificing a locker room for one person and it's not worth it. Now you're having to split uh, the, the roster and some talent, are coming out saying it's going to be a good thing because you know there's too many people. It's a bloated roster. More people will get TV time. More people get be involved in matches and storylines. But why? What? What is it? What is this fascination with Tony Khan and Phil Brooks after he lambasted him at the press conference? You, I mean, if you go back and watch that on YouTube, he really put Tony Khan down and put him in his place. And to do that in front of your boss on a worldwide stage, that's that's not good. Um, I know how you feel about this, but are you were you up to date with the brand split and then the new show and how Punk would be uh, focused as the main guy? I heard some of this. I didn't hear about this new show. Oh, Mike. Okay. What do you want me to say here? Like I, I don't know. Listen, if you're gonna create a third show for one talent, okay, I'll give you. I'll play along. Let's play this dumbass game. So we're gonna have this third show for one to. That's what it's about. They had. They need to create it for one person because he's an asshole and nobody likes him, mm-hmm. or most people don't like him. Okay, let's look. Let's let's weigh it out. Let's look at both sides. Let's play the whole game right through. Yes, more TV time. More people could get attention. That that's valid. Providing you're going to use different talent, you're not just going to have, you know, your your bigger talent, and you leave your your Layla Hirsch's toiling around doing nothing on on an elevation or a dark yeah, elevation. Yeah. As long as you are actually going to use this to bring up some talent, that's a positive, and that yeah. could happen 100%. So, you go that route, good stuff. You get extra TV time, right? Gives your, your promotion some extra exposure, that's a good thing. You know, should generate extra revenue through advertising, that's a good thing. Now, we're going to look at the real life. Punk's an asshole. A lot of people don't like him. He's proven to be an asshole. 
Well, if this is the first time this has happened. No, this is not. What does this say? So, so you're the talent. Okay, you're you're Claudio. Just just a random name to throw out here. You're Claudio. Good dude, and hardworking, never complains about anything. Abnormal it, shit. None. All his matches are solid. Yes. If you ask to rip, the sun shines out of his ass. Okay, so he's looking at it. Okay, Punk, people don't get along with him. He's got his personality issues, however you want to look at it. So we're creating a whole fucking show for him. For one guy. Yeah, what is it? What message does that send? That's not a good message to send. So now he's a, he doesn't get along, doesn't play well with others, pitches a big, Jesus, big fit, getting in the fist fights in the back. Oh, we're not going to punish him. We're going to give him his own show because he's that big of a fucking deal. Oh, Claudio, no, Claudio, no, you don't get your own show. Oh, you want a show? Oh, be a fucking asshole. And we'll look into a Sunday show for you. Is that what you want to say? Is that your present? What does that show the rest of the talent? I agree. Who runs that place? Good call on that. And I'm not beating up on Punk. Listen, I don't like CM Punk. I, uh, maybe he's a good enough guy. I don't know. I don't. Never met the man. Obviously, we're not buddies. But from what I see and what I read. And obviously, doing what we do, I do a fair bit of reading. It's not like I just do nothing all the time. Like you look into it. History says he's a bit of a dick. And pretty much any wrestling fan will get he's a bit of a dick. This is him. This is not just for TV. I, I think he's legit a dick. So you're going to cater to him? Does Tony Khan? actually think they're creating a third show so you have the additional cost of running a third show just for one talent does he think he's going to see a return on this he clearly thinks that that punk is going to be a big draw and that he's he's an idiot well listen listen i i don't get the logic i mean i am utterly confused but here's the thing there's no demand for a third show. And what I mean by that is the ratings do not do not say, oh my God, the ratings are so high that you know the audience is needing more. You're consistently not getting a million viewers on uh, your Wednesday show, which I've read in some cases that they're very happy if they hit 500,000. Like that's what the network originally wanted, at least 500,000. And if they hit that, they were very. It was considered a success. So if, if that's the parameters, then then good for them. It's a success. But for the talent they have, for all of the the coaches they have, they should be doing way better than that. And once again, Tony Khan's booking has definitely come into question sometimes. He's got a wealth of of backstage knowledge. Why is he not delegating a little bit more? And that kind of that's where he gets the mark. Um, stigma. Yeah, this is my company. I'm going to do what I want to do, and you know, I've been in the, in the wrestling business for a cup of coffee. Yet I know how to do all these things, and it's like, oh my god! But when you have a show like Dynamite, which is getting, let's say, nine hundred thousand, and then you have a Rampage, which is getting 
three, four hundred thousand? Do you honestly think the hardworking men and women of this world, whatever part of the world you live in, people go to work, they bust their ass. On Saturday nights, you're going to have college football. You're going to have Major League Baseball. Um, you're going to have, to a certain extent, in the early part of the summer, the NBA playoffs. Um, you're also going to have now, you're going to have um, the USFL. That's going to be playing here in the United States as well. You have a lot of other things that are going on. Do you think Mr. and Mrs. Bob Smith, who've worked all week, are going to come home and watch wrestling on a Saturday night? They're going to go out. But don't forget here in Canada, Saturday night is hockey in Canada night. Then then they're they're killing Which the market is right huge. There. Yeah, well, hockey is but, huge I mean, in general. But... You know, that's religion. Not listen. Not bringing religion into this. I don't literally mean it that way, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's a big deal. It's the bread and butter, right? So, yeah. and I'm a hockey guy. I'm a wrestling guy. Come Saturday night, I get home from work. I usually walk in my door at six thirty. Me and my lovely wife have supper. We clean up or whatnot. If we're putting on the TV, and I'm actually allowed to control the <laughs> the clicker. <laughs> Which is rare, but every once in a while she lets me. You know, I'm not going to put on AEW. No, I'm sorry. Absolutely if, not. If I'm watching a sport that night, to where I get the pick, I'm putting on the hockey game. Yes, right. And I'll probably watch the early game, and you know, if I don't fall asleep, I'll watch the late game too. Or most likely, especially a Saturday night, if we're just hanging out at home. We're going to put on a movie or something. Amen. The, the work week is done. Linda and I, neither one of us works Sundays. You know, Saturday is our night to be rebellious and stay up till 11 or 11.30 at night. We like, do rebel. Like youngins, you know? Yes. But we're not going to put on AEW. No, we're, no. We're really not. No, it's not going to happen. Right. So I, I don't get, I don't think it's a good move. I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, there could be some benefits. Yes, you could get some extra exposure. You could. It's it is an extra hour or two hours. But if you're just going to have it to revolve around Punk and, and FTR, because let's be honest, they're they're boys. That's yes, who predominantly is going to be on it. Uh, I would venture to say. Am I am I off base on that? No, no. When I say that's what it's going, because you're not going to have it revolve around CM Punk and, and people that are generally on elevation. It's just not. No, you would hope that they're going to sprinkle some of the the lesser known newer talent. So that's you have to develop them one way or another sooner or later. Correct. And if you're going to do it on one of the three shows. That would be the lower of the three. That's where you start and work them up. I, but I don't see the benefit to it. You're not going to do great ratings. Right. I don't think. Uh, honestly, like we talked about, Saturday night couples are going to spend quality time together. Yeah, it's just, there's just. No, going out. And the it, it just sets your present is so shitty. It, it's a terrible morale thing outside of. The financial thing, your morale, which is already the drizzling shits in AEW. Let's not get herself. It's terrible. And what does this do for your morale? Whew. CM Punk is so important to us. 
that we're, we're willing to sacrifice. Show for him. We're going to make a show. Oh, you don't get along with them? Oh, don't worry about it. We won't have you on Saturday night. It's, it's, it's in my opinion, it's the wrong call. It is. I agree 100%. And I know I won't be watching the show. And not because I don't like AEW, but on Saturday nights, like you said before, you it's family time. You, you, you know, maybe you'll go out and do something with your wife or you'll sit and watch a movie or something. It's just, it's not... It's not wrestling, and, and already we're getting wrestling on Wednesdays and Fridays. There's only so, so why in, in a week? Oh, excuse me, Mike. I apologize. There's only so many hours. Yes, I agree. Generally, most people work five days a week. Yes. So then, on your sixth and seventh day, you got life to live. Yes. So you know, whether it be clean the apartment, clean the house, do some yard work, go get your groceries, relax. Do your laundry, stuff like that. That's all got to be done. You know, if you have a significant other, you want to spend some time together. Mm-hmm. So how many hours is there to commit? Right? I, I know me, myself, I, I probably won't watch it. Right? I, I watch pretty much every Wednesday night. Linda and I will watch AEW. And when I say Linda and I, I mean I will watch it and she plays on the tablet. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're in the living room together. So that's right. close enough. Correct. But I, I couldn't imagine in this house, like, oh, Linda, we're watching wrestling Monday night. Okay. Oh, we're watching it Tuesday night. Oh, all right. We're watching it Wednesday night. Eh, settle along, you're pushing your luck. Oh, we're going to watch it Thursday night. No. Oh, we're going to watch it Friday night. Well, you can watch it in the bedroom. Yeah. Because it's just, she's not going to want to watch it. Very few spouses are going to be okay with it. And you're not spending no time together. You're not. It's fooey. It's dumb. If he does it, he's a kicking nurse because it's just stupid. And it's going to fail. Uh, listen, listen, you're preaching to the choir. I, I've, I've thought about this. I've looked at it from every angle. And, and here's the thing. Egg on my face if it does well. And the ratings are huge and whatever. Okay. But I just don't know risk versus reward. Because I know Moxley's not going to want to work with him. And he's already gone out and said that. A hangman doesn't want to work with him. The elite doesn't want to work with him. Uh, Kenny said he potentially would be open to working with him. Okay. So where else does that put you? Who else, as far as top stars, would necessarily want to work with Punk? And it's like he's always had FTR going to bat for him. And I am telling you right now, I'm tired of FTR drooling over CM Punk and Bret Hart. Like, I like Bret Hart, nothing again. But all they do is fawn over those guys. Every post, they're either wearing the pink and black or they're at the gym with CM Punk or whatever it may be. It's like, listen, could you just please stop hogging on their balls here for a little while? Could you just kind of be your own person? It's just like, it's too much. They don't, they need to tone it down. The Bret Hart um, thing I can see. I, uh, maybe the Bret Hart more so than the CM Punk. Um, let's kind of continue on here. So, wow, let's talk about the big thing that's going to be happening on August the 27th. Uh, AEW is going to be at Wembley Stadium. Now, this is going to be the first time that pro wrestling's been in the United Kingdom, specifically at Wembley Stadium, since 1992, where the classic WWF 
SummerSlam happened where it was the British Bulldog beating Bret the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental Championship in front of, I want to say it was a record, like 80,000 fans at that time. Well, AEW is hoping to recapture the United Kingdom magic. Now, the stadium holds 90,000 people as far as the wrestling setup is considered. Many people are thinking that this is a huge monumental stretch for a company like AEW, who has difficulty sometimes selling out small arenas for their Wednesday night shows. And you can definitely see things are tarped off. So conventional wisdom would say, look, if you can't sell out your Wednesday night show, and obviously they tape Rampage right after that's over, and you still see that, that they didn't sell many tickets, what in God's name makes you think that you can sell 90 thousand and compete with a wrestlemania well chris jericho uh has recently made some comments he was on the battleground podcast and he said that he was talking about some of the biggest gigs of all time that took place in wembley he was talking about the queen um live aid which happened in 1985 which is one of his favorite shows the freddie mercury tribute which happened in 1992 as well he was basically saying that he's really excited that Tony Khan wanted to book Wembley Stadium. He says that he thinks the crowd is going to be great. Um, he also pointed out that AEW could have gone to the O2 Arena. Um, unfortunately, WWE is going there for their money in the bank. There was also called the Craven Cottage um, that was out there as well that AEW could have went as well. But they decided to go super big with this one. Now, right now, they already have, I want to say, 45 or 50,000 pre-orders that are people are signed up for already. So if everyone just bought one ticket, which you know that's not true, but one ticket, and these pre-registers, everyone does it, that's 45 to 50,000 tickets already right there. Okay? Now, if people pre-register to buy tickets when they go on sale, is every single person going to end up buying tickets? Maybe not. But let's say, for example, everybody bought two tickets because typically people with wrestling go with someone else. That would theoretically be 100,000 already right then and there. They haven't even announced, announced any matches. They haven't announced anything yet. Now, Jericho was saying that he thinks that um, because WWE did 80,000, he thinks that he would be very happy if AEW could put about sixty to 70,000 in there. Uh, his quote was, I'm not guaranteeing or predicting anything, but it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up between 60 and 70,000 people in the joint. Um, all right, a lot to unpack here. So Wembley Stadium is is going to be happening. Okay, so that's a done deal. We did find out how much it costs to actually rent the venue. And you'd probably be surprised, but it is not that expensive. Right now, they're estimating it's about $300,000 to rent the stadium for one night, which is dirt cheap. Would yes. you not agree? Let's rent it for a live show, me and you. I'm, well, <laughs> well, okay, dirt cheap is, is, rel is a relative phrase. <laughs> it's a lot of cash. No, in all reality, it is now. With that said, yes. so 300 k to rent the place. Yes. Now, concessions is all going to be Wembley or whoever owns Wembley Stadium. They're going to get AEW is not going to get a cut of the concessions. One would assume. Is AEW going to have to give a certain percentage of their merchandise merch to Wembley? 
That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure on that. That's a good question. And, and as far as the concession, that's a good question as well. Would they give Would they give all of it to Wembley? I mean, I, I don't know all the details. I mean, traditionally, you're right. Yes, that would be something that the venue would, would get a lion's share of. But I, I don't know. It's a good question. 300K. Yes. Let's be honest. It costs more than three hundred thousand dollars to run that place for the day. Oh, I agree with I the bet. lighting, with every yes, it's expensive. So your lighting, your hydro, your staffing—I bet you it costs more. No, because I'm sure. I mean, they probably still have property taxes on the place and stuff like that. I wouldn't imagine as a they have a mortgage or anything. I'd imagine Wembley's paid off by now. Surely, Christ. Right. But still, you you have your incidents, your maintenance, your staffing, your insurance. Because three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a lot of money. But for Wembley Stadium, like you said, that's pretty cheap. So there's got to be more to it. Because they're not making any money. The stadium is not making any money on three hundred thousand dollars. No, that's just to straight rent the facility. Yeah. So. And then right. Hold on one second. Looks like we might be having some technical difficulties here with the butt. But Hold on one second, but looks like we're having some tech difficulties here. Stand by. It's that Canadian dial-up he's using. I don't know what's going on. Um, as, as I try to go ahead and get reconnected. I'm with like the butt three here. feet away from the modem. Well, you need to be a foot and a half. You need You need to get up on that. You know what I mean? Get up on that. All right, continue with what you were saying. Okay. No, but it's generally Canadian dial up. how it works. It's not. I don't have dial-up. I don't have AOL. I got fiber, just for the record. Yep. You can't get better around here than what I have. But with bars, you generally pay X number to rent the bar for a night. And then you have to pay... They, a lot of times they'll call it a cleaning fee for after because they have to pay a cleaning company or their, their own staff to, to clean up after. And the bars will provide the bartender. And you have to pay the bartender out of your pocket. But the bar gets everything. So you, you pay to staff the bar yourself because you're organizing the function. But you don't recoup anything by the cost of or what's spent at the bar. Now, obviously, Wembley's a much bigger outfit than that, but I, I would think it's something along the same lines. Yeah, you you pay. It's not, it's not outrageous to rent here. But now you've got to pay the staffing. So AEW eats the cost of all the staffing. Security, ticket people, concession stand, all that stuff. So AEW's got to eat the cost of that. You know, Wembley gets the bar or concessions. You know, maybe they're taking a little slice of AEW's merch tables. You don't know. Wembley's obviously going to get the parking, I would assume. I can't see AEW getting a cut of the parking or nothing. I mean, Wembley will still make good on it, but there's, there's more to it than just it costs 300 k because right. they go tits up, they they go out of business. That's not nearly enough money to rent Wembley for a day. 
Well, one person who is really um, singing the high praises of what's going on with this whole thing is Jim Ross. And Jim Ross went on to say, and I quote, I really admire Tony Khan to be brave enough to be willing to invest serious money in promoting a massive venue. I don't have any idea how to predict how many people are going to be there. I don't know what the capacity would be for this wrestling event, but I think it's a great move. I think he will put together a hell of a card. Now, we also talked about this too. We talked about, and this is obviously uh, Wrestling Inc., and this was Dakota Cohen, so I want to make sure I give her credit. The one thing that we definitely want to keep in mind with all of this is it's going to have to be maybe an Impact Wrestling, maybe a New Japan, maybe AEW venture. Um, there's going to have to be some dream matches that we're going to want to see. There's going to have to be something really, really huge. If they can do it, I think that this could definitely be a major kudo uh, or a major feather in the cap of AEW. And could this be the launching pad that gets them to the next level? I don't know. But I do think that it's a ballsy move, no doubt. Um, let me ask you this question. Obviously, we're, we're talking way ahead of time. Tickets don't even go on sale till May 5th. How many tickets do you think they're going to sell? Of 90000 if that's for a wrestling setup, that's a sell. Excuse me, a sellout. What do you think they're going to get? 55. That's still huge for AEW. Now, one thing with AEW, we need to take into consideration. We've talked about this as well. They charge stupid money for tickets. They. This is true. Like, just banana lines. some people. No, because a lot of people can't afford it. Straight up. They yeah. just either can't afford it. Or they have a little bit of common sense like, man, I ain't dropping a grand on two tickets. No. So you got to take that into consideration. AEW will not be able to float this show strictly on, strictly on AEW. No, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, they're gonna, now, can you imagine, Mike, so they're bringing in New Japan because they have a, a relationship with New Japan. So they bring them in. They bring an impact. Sure. Ring of Honor, obviously. We're talking like what you would end up doing is making like a super. A super event. show. Yeah. Then it could work, but you still, you can't have it to where nosebleed seats. And I would imagine nosebleeds in Wembley is nosebleeds. Oh, God. It's yes. like a football stadium, is it not? Wembley's a soccer stadium, right? Correct. So if you're sitting in the nosebleeds, you're way up there. They gotta be twenty bucks a pop. You can't be trying to sell them for two or three hundred dollars because nobody in the right mind is gonna do they're that. They're not gonna they're not gonna pay that, correct. Right. You need to be half insane. Yeah, I agree. So I think the only way they pull this off is tickets are reasonable because you got so many people. You know, if you can fill that many seats, if you make tickets reasonable, you get ninety thousand people. You're making bank. I would agree. And that's the route you go. I, In my opinion, you go versus, you know, I have the, the big money tickets. Every ticket costs a fortune. You get a half a stadium. You got to tarp off. How's that going to look? Uh, not good. This is our big show. We got Wembley. First time since 92. When the classic match of the Bulldog and Bret Hart, which is, let's be honest, that's a damn classic match. It is. We're the first time here since then. Oh, shit. We got 45,000 seats sold. We got tarp half the place off. 
we're Mickey Mouse. Um, I, see, that's the thing. I, I don't know what what the cutoff is from something being successful to something not being successful. I, I don't know where they're determining. You know, okay, we need to get this many for it to be successful. If the placeholder is ninety, I bet you for them to be remotely profitable. Yeah. I bet you it's 55, 50, 55. I bet you it is. To turn a profit. To turn to turn a decent profit. So okay, it's so where you're... it's worth doing. I bet you you're 50 or 55. So 50 to 55 for you to turn a decent profit. I I can see that. I can get on board with that. Now, I guess the only thing I keep coming back to is they've already sold or they've already had between forty-five and 50,000 people pre-sign up. Mm-hmm. So if everyone buys one ticket, you've already got what you're talking about. And that's with no matches added or no matches on the card yet. So I'm very hopeful that they can get – they'll break the 80,000. They'll break WWE's record. That's what I'm saying right now. Which your T-shirt. I already owe you so much stuff. That I'll never, ever get. No, that's not true. That's not oh, true. Should you lie. That's not true. Um, I, I, okay. So, what do you say? I say they break the record. Whether that's eighty thousand in one person, <laughs> I think they break it. No, I say they're not even close. What do you say? Give me a number so far. You're going eighty. It holds go ninety. Eight. You said it holds eighty. No, it hold it holds ninety. Or, sorry, yeah, it holds ninety. Holds 90. You're going, they're going to put 80. I think they're going to do 80. 61. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's my take on it. 61. Which is still be, they'll still make money, I would, I would guess. But I mean, their crowd, their cost has got to be big on this. Would you be travel? They're putting people up. They're you know doing meals and whatnot. It's big money. Was this a good move in your opinion to do a show like this? No. What would you have done? I think to be further ahead. Honestly, I didn't do house shows. I think would be better if they if they did house shows. I'm not saying a full time circuit like WWE does. Right, so I think that's that's too much as well. It is if too they, much. If they did house shows, or once again, we're we're kicking a dead horse here. Make your tickets reasonable. Yeah. Even okay, if you just want to do your your Wednesday night shows. Well, I mean they they're more than Wednesday, but they all happen on Wednesday. Even if you want to do that, go to some bigger stadiums. And have tickets reasonable to where you got a full house because people can afford to go without having to go to the bank and refinance their house. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it, when you, I love it when, you, when you go down that road. But uh, it's you take a second mortgage out. Well, Jesus, I would have had, I've been looking into going to Forbidden Door in Toronto. Yeah. I would have had to remortgage my house and sell my left nut. <laughs> Especially with that water heater situation. Yeah, fucking fuck. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up. This is why I drink, but I can't even afford to drink for fuck's sakes. Oh, good God almighty. No, but I, I honestly think that I've, that's, I think they're, they would be better 
off making their tickets reasonable. I'm not saying give them away. You can't have $10 tickets. This is not an indie show in Bob's backyard. You can't do that. Yeah, You can make it to where it's not outrageous. Yeah, your lower bowl, your first three rows, sure. Charge a pretty penny. But if you make it reasonable to where two people can go for not a stupid amount of money, and you now you're getting 15,000 people at the show, or 18,000 people at the show, right. and you're selling some extra merch, right? and you're gaining that extra exposure, because I was at the show, and I'm going to be telling everybody leading up to it, hey, man, I'm going to see AEW in Toronto. I'm pumped. You're going to get some extra exposure that way. You know, I'm going to go to the show. I'm going to be pumped after. I got my pictures I'm showing people that might not be WWE or AEW fans or wrestling fans in general. But I'm excited, so I'm showing off the pictures on my phone. You're getting extra exposure that way. And you got a full house or closer to full house. So now you brought in extra revenue. That, to me, makes better sense. No, I that, agree. That's my tangent for right now. No, no. I mean, it, it, it all makes sense. It all makes complete sense. Oh, we've covered a lot of things this week. A lot of yeah. things. We've talked about Impact Wrestling. We've talked about Tommy Dreamer, Jordan Grace, Goldberg, the situation with the Elite. And we've talked about Tony Khan. We've talked about Wembley Stadium, uh, the new AEW show, everything that's happening there. Is there anything that we said we were going to talk about we haven't yet talked about? Um, I don't think so. Okay. What did I send you yesterday? Because you know we're so professional, we plan all this ahead of time. Hold on, I, I sent you a link. What was it? I think it was the Sportster. I think it was an article from the Sportster. Hold on, did you send? Yeah, it to apparently me? WWE could possibly have canceled the King and Queen. Of the, the the, ring yes, plans. the King and Queen of the Ring. Yes. That's pretty big deal. That is a big deal. Like you just brought it back at night. Well, they just made the queen of the ring. Well, I'm wondering. Here's my thoughts, and I did get that, so thank you for sending it to me. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to do something on Raw and SmackDown instead of making it more of a a pay per view type of thing. I wonder if that's what the deal is. I, but with Vince being back, that could be very much something that Vince just did not like the idea of, and then nixed it. It, it could be that I'm not really sure, but yeah, it's uh, it, it is a little surprising that they would go ahead and they would end something, especially after they announced it. It is not typical for WWE to announce something and then go backwards on their word, but maybe they'll do it on the network um, or Peacock, or maybe they'll do something on, on SmackDown and raw and, and try to at least get that incorporated into the programming. But yeah, I mean, if they completely just abandon it, that's not a good look. And they were talking about having the the Night of the Champions in Saudi Arabia. So if they, if they do that, don't shake your head. Hear me out here. If they do that, yeah, and they're going to have every title on the line. Correct. How the hell are they going to defend the tag titles? Because Zane and KO won't go. Good so call. I mean, they're taking the belt off of Sami Zayn and KO. 
I don't think they're going to have title changes. I, I think the crown jewel is, I hate to say it, but like a glorified house show where they're going to put some matches out there. Do I think they're necessarily going to have big title changes? No, they're going to save that for, for major pay-per-views. Um, I just don't, I don't see them doing that. I, I don't see them having them go over there. I really don't. But allegedly, the rumor is that they're going to have many champions there and every title is going to be defended. Well, so if that's the route you go, Kevin Owens has made it clear he will not wrestle over there. And Sammy either won't or can't. Right. So how do you get around that? I don't know if you do. Well, you can't have every title if two champions are not going. Well, I guess you can't. Champion. You're right. You absolutely can't. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's food a, that's for it. thought. It is, and, and, and obviously we're going to talk about that more um, on our next episode. One thing I do want to throw out there with you as well is Nick Khan did talk about um, the contract with Peacock is going to be expiring, and it's going to be expiring. I wonder if they, they did this intentionally with Vince wanting to sell the company at some point in time, having the Peacock contract expire, and then obviously go ahead and, and move it or at least look for, for new biddings to carry WWE. Um don't know what's going to happen with that, but Nick Khan did allude to maybe going back to traditional pay-per-view. Um, and the reason why WWE went to a streaming service was some people know this, some people don't. When you buy a pay-per-view, let's say WWE sells a pay-per-view for like 40 bucks. They were only getting $10 of that. That's all they were getting. 30 bucks was going to all these fees, these rights, the pay-per-view companies, all that kind of stuff. So they decided the middleman when they decide I'm only getting 10 bucks. That's when they said, Hey, we'll sell the rights to you, but then you'll also be able to get it for nine 99. So they were cutting out the, the pay-per-view companies and going just in getting their 10 bucks. But if they go back to traditional pay-per-view and WWE pay-per-views, if you've noticed, you can still buy WWE on pay-per-view. If you don't have Peacock or the network, um, it's not cheap. How much? So I want to say it's like fifty or sixty bucks, American. Yeah, so it's like seven hundred dollars Canadian. Yeah, I have to remortgage the house again. I want to take out so many mortgages, Mike. This is true. Good I'm point. going to lose it sooner or later. Yes, because of wrestling. Pretty so I, you know, it, it's so weird the way this thing is happening, and um, you know, Vince has strategically put it into the deal with the UFC that, you know, they want to keep him in charge of everything. So it's like, is talent going to be happy with that? That Vince has, has finagled the deal to where he's in charge of it. I have no idea what's going to happen right now. He can say triple H is in charge, but once this merger goes over, he's back in charge. He's the guy running the show. So it's like, you almost feel like maybe triple H is working on borrowed time. Probably. If WWE were to go back to pay-per-views. Yes. And they kept the network or Peacock or whatever it is. Correct. It's like UFC has. UFC has its own streaming program. Yes, they do. We still got to order the pay-per-views. Yes. They'll put the prelim cards on, early prelims and the prelims. But then for the main card, you got to order it. And they're a fortune. They're like 70 or $80. It's insane. But once again, you're getting into a lot of money here. Right? Are, yeah. are you going to order whatever next pay-per-view is 
So you're going, you're kicking it at home, and it costs you, say, fifty bucks for you, mm-hmm. seventy here. You going to order that? No. Seriously? Way. No. Right. No. Would you order WrestleMania? Yeah, probably. But would you order every pay per view? No. Versus no right now, we can watch every pay per view. I have the bucks. network. I assume you have Peacock. Yes. Right? So you can watch every pay per view. But if I'm paying $50, $60, $70 per, per event, I, I can't afford that. Can't afford No way. No freaking way. It doesn't have that kind of disposable money just to throw away to watch wrestling. You're right. Right? I don't know. But Some that's things, what the UFC does. So oh, I, I can see it. Well, and that's what Ring of Honor is doing too. So Ring of Honor has um, the Honor Club, which is a streaming service where you can watch all of their programming. But when it comes to the pay-per-views, Tony Khan still wants you to buy the traditional pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know what Ring of Honor pay-per-views are running, right? But that's what he's doing. He's doing that same format as far as what UFC does. For me personally, I think if I'm going to get Honor Club, I want to get all the pay-per-views as well. It like one one type of lump sum price. Hey, I'm paying 10 bucks or 12 bucks or 20 bucks and I get everything. But unfortunately that's not really what's going to be happening. And I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, when money gets involved, a lot of things end up changing, but I think we're just going to have to stay tuned and find out, you know, what officially is going to happen with, with these companies, but it's going to be interesting. Um, one last thing, uh, Jeff Jarrett out made a big comment saying that AEW has huge plans for this summer in Canada. It's going to be a big Canadian tour and it looks like, um, they're going to be hitting a lot of different venues. So more information is to be coming as well. Hopefully you'll get a chance to go to these if the prices aren't ridiculous. And, um, nothing else in my house breaks. <laughs> Next if is you, the fucking roof. If you, I was going to say, if you need a new roof, wrestling's over for you. You realize that? I'm burning this fucking place right to the ground. Call the insurance <laughs> company. Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. Never. Anything else on your mind before we put a bow tie on this show? No. <laughs> You're so pissed. I am grumpy. Grumpy as shit tonight, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm grumpy. No, you're fine. You're fine. What'd you have for supper at the in-laws? We had pork chops, um, some kind of rice and sausage side with a pineapple upside down cake and wine. Have you ever had mutton? What the hell is a mutton? Like a mutton chop. I can't. I can't. Look it up. Look it up. We'll talk about mutton next week. Oh, my God. For our executive producer, The Rit. Also, The Rit has a brand new podcast called The Pesky Podcast. It's all about the Boston Red Sox. The boys of summer are back. If you're a big Major League Baseball fan, you want to hear all the exciting details, the lineups, what's going to be happening, trades, insider information. Check out The Pesky Podcast, available anywhere fine podcasts are made available. You can include on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, FM Player, all points in between. You can also check them out at the Pesky Podcast, which is also on Twitter as well. Go ahead and give them a follow, give them a thumbs up, and let them know that the brand sent you over. For Christopher Butt, I am Mike Freeland. It has been fun, and we will catch you next week on the Front Row Material brand. 
My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.